let's, uh, let's take a little bit of time in the scriptures this morning as we recount the birth of Jesus as told by Dr. Luke. But before we do that, before we open the scriptures, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the scriptures. We thank you that the Bible is just so full of life. It's so full of the, the account, the truth, the history, the life, and the spirit of you, God. And we ask this morning as we spend some time reading the scriptures that our hearts might continue to be set on fire by the revelation of your great love to us in Jesus. In his name we pray it. Amen. Well, I'm not sure what things are like when you get into the car uh, and um, have to travel somewhere when you get into the car with either uh, family or friends or it may be uh, work colleagues, but there is a very powerful position in the car and it's not the position of the driver. I, I have discovered, or more so in this season of life that I'm in now, that the most powerful place in a motor vehicle is who controls what's getting played on the radio. That, that is, seriously, the most powerful position in the car. Because if, if you get to choose what songs get played, whether it's via your Bluetooth and your, your Spotify, whatever, uh, through your phone, to your, um, to your radio, to your stereo system, you control what everyone has to listen to. And um, usually in... Uh, in our car, when our family gets in the car, the radio or the stereo gets flipped, changed and everything probably every about 45 seconds, I think, something like that. And so we listen to a lot of music because <laughs> everyone has a lot of tastes and they're not all the same. And usually, you know, one of our crew will put this song on and, and I'll be like, yeah, nah, and I'll go for the button and then within seconds, you know, someone else will reach through from the back and go for the button or they'll Bluetooth in and they'll hijack that song with their songs. And anyway, it's, that's what it's like driving in the car with me these days. The most powerful position is who controls what song is being played. Now, the reason why, um, I, I, I often wonder why is this the case? Uh, why is it that songs and music are the thing that we argue over the most in the car? Obviously, songs are important. <laughs> Obviously, lyrics are important. Some of the lyrics I, I like and some of the songs I hear and some of the lyrics I go, man, that just, that's not for me. <laughs> and I'll go for the button to push and change. But songs are very important. And this morning, we're going to open in Luke's gospel to a song. And in this song, God is trying to get the attention of the world. He's trying to get the attention of the world if the world would just listen long enough to the power of a song. And it was written by Mary. And it has amazing lyrics. I'm not sure what it would have sounded like. Um, I have no what it would have sounded. I have no idea what Mary would have sounded like singing on her own um, this song. But um, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe you could probably imagine um, a young teenage lady singing 
just this song on her own to God. And yet um, Luke manages to get audience of that song and record the words of it. And my hope is that this, this Advent, this Christmas, we might all just take a breath and stop reaching for the song that we want played and we might listen to the song of the heart of God for the whole world in the birth of Jesus. So let's, um, let's open up to Luke's gospel and it's Luke chapter 2, uh, sorry, Luke chapter 1 and um, I'm going to read a big chunk of it and we're going we're to start in verse 26 um, and I'm just going to read a big chunk of it but Mary's song is not actually recorded until verse 46. So if, if you've got your Bible or your app, get it in front of you there and we're going to read this. Luke 1.26 says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings to you, highly favoured one. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled by these words. And she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I'm not sure if you've ever been greeted by an angel, but I imagine that would be a rather awkward moment. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You've found favour with God. You'll be with a child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, and he will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom, it will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And then the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be barren, is now in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered, and may it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and she hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow, how's that? (laughs) That's pretty awesome. In a loud voice, Elizabeth proclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you'll bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of our Lord, my Lord, would come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Now Elizabeth and Zachariah's son, or baby, 
was the son, their son was John the Baptist. Okay? How cool. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her would be accomplished. And here is Mary's song. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, because he has been mindful of me, of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts and he's brought down rulers from their thrones. But he's lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed for about three months and then returned home. Mary's response to being caught up in what God was doing was to write a song and to sing a song and to rejoice about the fact that God had been mindful enough to include her and draw her up into what he was doing. You know, I remember... um, Perhaps, you know, I've had the joy of leading many, many people into a personal relationship with Jesus. And it is an incredible joy, and that that joy is there every time you get to pray with someone and introduce them into a relationship with Jesus as their Lord and their King. But there are a few highlights that stand out for me. One is obviously the, the, the night that I got to introduce Nicole to Jesus. It was just an incredible night. You know, we'd been to church. I was driving her home and the Holy Spirit fell on her as we were driving home and she began weeping. And she said, I should have given my life to Jesus at church tonight. And I said, would you like to do that? And she said, yes, please. So we pulled up in the driveway of her parents' house and I was able to pray with her and introduce her to Jesus. Now, Nicole was a blubbering mess. She looked like a pile of butter on a hot day, just just like completely melted and undone. Meanwhile, here's me on the other side of the car, like bouncing off the roof, jumping up and down, thinking this is the most amazing thing that I have ever been a part of because I love this woman so dearly and I've had the privilege of introducing her to Jesus. So much so... She went inside and, and, and she'll tell the story, her story about her folks are asking, what's wrong with you? And she's, you know, in a complete mess, being undone by the love of God, saying, I have just given my life to Jesus. Her re- reaction and response was very different to my reaction and response. Cause, um, so I went home and my mum and dad, they were asleep in their bedroom. And so I just, me and my car, loud car came home and uh, ran upstairs, and I just burst into their bedroom and jumped up and down on their bed and said, guess what? Guess what happened tonight? And they're like, what? What? Probably thinking, get out of here. <laughs> uh, I said, I just got the opportunity to lead Nick to Jesus and introduce him to Jesus. And so anyway, they, 
rejoiced with me as I was rejoicing about the fact that Nicole had given her life to Jesus. There is something very powerful and very wonderful when we get caught up in the saving work of a loving God in other people's lives. And this is why Mary's writing this song, because she's realising that the saving God, God my Saviour, has been lovingly at work and invited her into what he was doing to save the world. And her response was one of great joy and celebration. Um, the other one I just want to recount just very quickly is, you know, um, a number of years ago now, uh, when uh, I was just thinking about you earlier this morning, Pete, Pete Price Davies, and Pete in his journey with the Lord, followed the Lord, had a very hard season after choosing to follow the Lord, and then one Sunday I was, I was speaking at the church and Pete came to church and Pete was at a place where he'd sort of chosen for a season to like, I don't know how much engagement I want with you, God, but as we just shared this invitation to know Jesus and taught from his word, Peter just came down the front being undone like my wife was undone when the Spirit of God touched him and just tears and his heart opened up and he gave his life again to the Lord. Peter was being caught up in that moment of this loving God saving Peter's life. There's nothing more powerful than to actually get to be a part of that. It's when our lives, our heart and our experience, we hear this invitation of a loving God and it comes crashing, literally crashing into our life, breaking into our life and drawing us up into what he's doing. He is a big God and he's intersecting with our small hearts and lives so that we might come alive in him. Have a look at what um, happens to Mary. There's two things that happen for her as she encounters being caught up in the love of God for her life. The first is this. She says, my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. You see, Mary's rejoicing was not that God, you're doing everything for my life that I want my life to be. No, there was this amazing move of the grace and the kindness and the saving work of God, fulfilling his promises of old and choosing uh, you know, this virgin girl to be the one who would carry the Christ child. Now, if you go way back into the long story of God, Go back to Isaiah, the start of Isaiah. And Isaiah was prophesying to the people of God that, that God would use a virgin girl to carry, Isaiah 7, this new counsellor, this new king, this new promised saviour for the sake of Israel and the world, that the promises of Abraham might be fulfilled, that all people would be blessed through this line. And so here she is being caught up in, God's work, she's being caught up in God's saving plan for the world. And it's that which releases joy to her life. Often, 
We, you know, I must confess, I don't graciously respond to God like Mary did so beautifully when she politely asked, um, how, how will this be, what you've said will happen? I'm, I'm definitely not as gracious in my first reactions and responses to God like Mary was. More often than not, when this great, loving, saving work of God intersects with my heart and my mind and my daily thinking of what my life should be about, my first reaction is often one of, you're distracting me. <laughs> you're distracting me. But God is inviting us to a place of authentic joy where we can rejoice in God, the saving one, to get caught up in his love. So if the song you're singing right now, if your choice of what's playing on the radio right now you think is a good song, Luke is here to tell you through the witness of his account of watching what the Spirit of God was doing with this young virgin girl in fulfilling the promises of God to save the world. He's saying, folks, it's time to change the channel. There is a better song. There is a much better song to be singing where you too can be living a life caught up in this saving work of God as his love comes crashing through. It's a song of hope. It's a song of love. It's a song of peace and salvation. And it's a song of invitation and purpose. It's a song where heaven and earth are meeting in Jesus, in you and me. Where we can live where the distance between earth and heaven is reconciled in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, right here, right now. There's two things that Mary records that she does. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord. This is what happens when the, when the saving, loving God breaks into our life with his kingdom work. It's about a life that wants to glorify, magnify, make great, increase. I don't know if um, when I was a when I was a little guy, we used to have um, at Christmas time. Sometimes we would be given like a magnifying glass. Now, magnifying glasses are obviously meant to be used for very constructive purposes, but we thought they were great for like you know taking the light of the sun and beaming it down onto a poor ant or something like that, and and toasting the ant. Such was our you know our ways as kids. We were just having fun, but we were magnifying the intensity of that sunlight through this lens to zero right in on those poor ants. And we, and we basically cook them. God doesn't want to cook you. But he does want to magnify the intensity of his kingdom and his love and his saving work in and on and through your life. Such as he blesses you with his Holy Spirit that you might partner with him to bring a celebration of God to those who without you in their life would otherwise be ignorant of this saving, loving God. See, God was magnifying his purposes in the world, his saving purposes through a virgin girl. 
He zeroed in all of the, the story and the work of heaven and earth and the great conflict of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. He's, he took all of that work. He took all of that story, the implications of the, the prophets and their work over the ages, and he zeroed it in on this one virgin girl so that the whole world might know. Isn't it interesting how it has to zero in before it can explode out? That's what happened for me when I saw Nicole meet Jesus. I saw God's love zero in, but then it exploded out of me. I couldn't contain it. I just had to go and tell someone that Jesus had just met Nicole and Nicole had just met Jesus. But God was taking this incredible big work of saving his created order and every single person that you and I know, and even the ones we don't know, that they might have his kingdom come to them through this one particular virgin girl. One person, like I don't know how many people are just walking on planet Earth right now. I think there's something like 7 billion, something like that. It's probably up around there. So one in seven, maybe, well, world population back then, I don't know. I'd have to knock a few billion off. But let's just, let's just go. <laughs> what do you reckon, Dave? Three? You reckon three? Let's go with three. One in three billion people that God chose through this one person to zero in his kingdom work through one person so that the for the whole world to know that Jesus was the Messiah. And her soul, her response is, my soul glorifies the Lord. It wants to take that work of God and make it greatly esteemed, to proclaim it, to celebrate it. My question to all of us is, how is God inviting you? How is God inviting me with him in making Jesus bigger in us for others this Advent? How is God inviting you and I to magnify Jesus, to let the, the reality of Jesus become bigger in us so that through us people might know Jesus? Just have a think about that for a minute. That's a, that's a very personal and powerful invitation. I was really blessed while Nicole and I were away on holidays to see, um, just to see online that there was, a, there was a group here at the church at the vineyard who decided that, that um, for the second year or third year in a row, I can't quite remember now, they wanted to bless all of the, uh, like peop all the local businesses in our area around here and the... Um, also the uh, services like fire, the fireys, the ambos, the police. And they, they spent a day, a couple of days, building all of these big hampers. There was like a whole heap of them. And, uh, and then they just went and delivered them. They just took the time to take the Jesus that was in them to become bigger than them for the sake of someone else. And they just went and delivered them with the love of God and a great sense of thanks for the way that these people serve our community. See, this is the nature of what God wants to do. He wants to bring an incredible revelation to each and every one of us of Christ and through us for the sake of the world to know him as well. My, how is our soul 
glorifying the Lord? Or maybe my question might be on the other side of that is, what is our soul currently magnifying if it isn't the Lord? Just There's no condemnation in that. There's a complete invitation to freedom in that though. And the other thing that Mary does is this. She says, my spirit rejoices in God my saviour, which is to, to rejoice exceedingly, to jump for joy. But note in Mary's case, the jumping flows from the encounter. The jumping doesn't happen in the hope of having an encounter with God. That's just religion. The jumping happens because she's encountered God and she's realised he has invited her into his great kingdom work. Is God inviting you and me to partner with his life to a place of rejoicing exceedingly? How is your soul? Is it rejoicing? Because this is what happens when Jesus is born in our hearts. The other thing that I just quickly want to mention here is that in Christ we see that God is continually thinking about us and the people around us. He doesn't stop thinking about us. The other day, uh, Nicole was um, just visiting a, a, a lady who's, um, who we know through school. And anyway, this, um, this lady, she was... Um, she was going to have some surgery, and Nicole just, while she was at her at her door, um, saying hi to her, um, and the lady just shared with her that this is what was going to be happening this week. Nicole just reached over and just grabbed this woman and hugged her, and then before she knew it, Nicole just started praying. She just held her and she said, "Listen, I, I'm just going to pray for you," and didn't even give the lady a chance to say no. And so when Nicole prays, she prays with her eyes open and before she even utters a word like, dear Lord Jesus, you know, tears are just rolling down her face. It's, it's the way she prays. It's just the, the heart of God just flowing out of her when she prays for people. And so before you know it, she's just hugging this woman in the doorway of this woman's home. The tears are flowing out of Nicole as she's reassuring this lady that Jesus is with you and God is thinking about you even as you are going in for this surgery. And at this point, the woman was just like butter on a hot day. All her defences dropped and the love of God was made known to her heart and she was very grateful. Psalm 139 reads this, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. If ever there was a song that the world needed to know right now, it's a song that says, God is thinking about you all the time. All the time. That's why he sent Jesus. And then the next big step in all of this is that God invites us into his mindfulness for others. That God's not only thinking about you all the time, he's thinking about the people around you constantly. 
seeking to bring his love to them. And, and nine times out of ten, he wants to do that with you, for them. How can we participate in the mindfulness of God? How can we, that idea of God being mindful, it means to not just look upon, but it means to be geared and leaning and looking upon others that, that his favour, his kingdom would be upon them. He's not looking at them to rouse them. He's not looking at them to curse them. He's looking at them with his eye of favour that his heart and his kingdom would be upon them. Who are the people that we're walking among this Christmas, family, friends and strangers and work colleagues, that maybe God's inviting us to be mindful with him for them? How do I be mindful of others? Well, stand in people's doorways and when they tell, them, they tell you that they've got a, something going on this week that they're anxious about, Hug them and pray for them and let them know God's thinking about you. He is with you. How else can we be the mindfulness of God and partner with bringing this saving work of God to others? Well, you guys have got smartphones. Use them. In the course of a day, when those people's names just come and thoughts just come across your mind, and come across your heart, send them the message that says, just thinking of you and I'm just letting you know I'm praying for you today. The mindfulness of God in the simplicity of those moments is very, very powerful to help people navigate their daily life and circumstances. Use those smartphones. They're not dumb phones. They're smartphones. Although if you use them in an un, you know, helpful way, you will become dumbed by them. But use them for the sake of the king and his kingdom. Message people. You know that person that you're kind of walking past in the shopping centre and you kind of feel drawn to them but you don't know what to do other than to give an awkward smile? Just do that. Let the mindfulness of God touch your heart for them. And if it looks like an awkward smile, just let out that awkward smile. There's no rules to this. It's about a heart of an authentic person who's been caught up in this saving, loving work of God in Jesus that's just trying to extend that for the sake of others. Prayer is a good one. I'm no good at being with people. I'm no good at reaching out. I'm no good at hugging. I'm no good at... Just let the Holy Spirit stir your heart to pray. Well, I'm not really good at praying. That's all right. You don't have to be good at this. He is. When you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit within you does. (laughs) How good is that? So just lean back into God and let his life inform your prayer. Let him bring to your mind and your heart the things he's thinking about for those that you're living around. What about a gift? Look at that massive basket over there. That great big basket that the that the, the Jacob's crew have and their crew have built to give away to others. The mindfulness of God. It's it's letting the world know there's a better reality called the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ. 
John 5.17. If ever you wanted to see what the heart of the Father was like, Jesus' words were this after healing uh, this guy at um, the pool. He says, my father's always at work to this very day, and I too am working. Jesus is always at work and is inviting us into his loving mindfulness, not just for ourselves, but for the people we live among. So let's finish up. Two things, in us and through us. In us, what is our soul glorifying? Just uh, what is our soul glorifying? What is our soul magnifying? What is our soul exceedingly joyful about? You know, you can tell your soul what it needs to be joyful about. And if your soul isn't joyful about Jesus right now, you can tell your soul, hey, soul, forget not the benefits of God and praise God. David told his soul what to do all the time. That's why they call these are great psalms, amazing psalms. Hey, soul. It's time to rejoice exceedingly. And then through us, who is God inviting me to be mindful of and how this Christmas? Who is it that he's inviting me to look favourably upon even as he's looking favourably upon people? Even as he has favourably looked upon me and he's caught me up into his saving work in Jesus? My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your kingdom is just so rich and generous And I thank you that you've revealed the fullness of your kingdom in the sending of your son, Jesus. And Lord Jesus, we love you and we honour you. And we give you space to continue to be born in us that we might be born in you. And that we might come alive into the fullness of your great saving love and life for us. Holy Spirit, would you just give us a moment Help us in this moment just to see what our soul is really magnifying and glorifying. And help the eyes of our heart or our soul, help our our spirit to be fully fixed on you again, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God that you are mindful of me. And thank you that you are mindful of the people around me. We're just going to take a moment here to ask the Lord 
Who do you want me to be mindful of in a practical way this Advent, this Christmas? So let's just take a moment. Lord, would you just place in our heart, in our mind, in our, in our mind's eye, one person or a group of pers- people just that's on your heart that you would like me to be mindful of? Show me how now, Holy Spirit, you want me to be mindful of them. That they might experience the favour of your loving kingdom, even as I have. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.